When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. You're getting closer. Wednesday, the start of the Oilers season. We have it for you here on 6.30 Chad. The face-off show will be at 6. The game at 8 against the Vancouver Canucks. 6.30 Chad extending its agreement, its partnership with the Edmonton Oilers for three more years. 25 seasons already we've been broadcasting the games and will be continue to be the home of your Edmonton Oilers. We're also the home of the E football team. Significant signing for them today, star receiver Darrell Walker coming back to the green and gold. You know how good this guy has been, of course, ever since joining the green and gold in 2015 and helping them win the Grey Cup. He did play with Toronto in uh, 2019 and of course in 2020 we did not have a season Darrell Walker is going to join us a little bit later on we opened tonight's show though with a couple of very special guests threw it around the boards Jujar Carroll wide open comes off the right half wall tried to center and that was tipped Bears got it back cuts inside shoots and scores this game is not over Ethan Bear McDavid had it elude and now a turnover by Jones Richard score Alex Chase Hunt buries it his first goal in 11 games puts away his former team 2-1 Edmonton in overtime well I'm sure you can guess we welcome to Inside Sports live tonight defenseman for your Edmonton Oilers Ethan Bear Ethan welcome to the show how are you doing sir Hey, thank you. I'm doing good. Thanks. And, of course, the guy who scored the overtime goal last March in Dallas. Man, that feels like a long time ago. Alex Chason is also on the line. Hi, Alex. You're on with Reed. How are you doing? Hey, Reed. How's it going? Good talking to you. Yeah, good to have you guys on the show. Thanks for checking in today. I know it's been a, a busy week at training camp. Uh, Alex, I'll start with you. Just uh, being with that group of forwards, some new guys coming in. It seems like it's a deeper uh, core than we've had here in a while. How are you feeling about camp, and what are you seeing from the forwards? Yeah, I think uh, it's it's uh, fair to say that so far camp has been uh, it's been hard. Uh, I think our coaching staff have been uh, pretty honest with us, and uh, but we're we're heading in the right direction. I think uh, you look at. Um, the little training camp we had before the bubble compared to the first uh, five days here. Uh, this is obviously a lot sharper. Uh, guys are ready for the season. And then uh, we've obviously added some uh, um, key guys up front. Uh, you know, Cal Turris coming up, uh, playing in that third-line role is is key for our team. Dak uh, um, Cahoon's a really good player. We've added a lot of guys that can play in the league. So uh, I think with with COVID and injuries and all that related, uh, short season, 56 games, you never know what can happen. And um, I think we're, we're ready to go. Ethan, on defense, a, a lot of players returning, though unfortunately Oscar Clefbaum isn't going to be able to go this season. But Tyson Berry has been added to the roster who 
you know, really over the last five or six years has been one of the best offensive defensemen in the NHL. Tell us what you've seen from, from Tyson and his skill set over the first week of camp. Uh, no, he's good. He's, he's a big addition to our team. Um, you know, for today's power play, you know, he's a good addition to that for a right shot on that power play. I think that's what we need for a while. And, you know, we're losing Clef. Um, yeah, that's a big loss for us, so I think he feels that whole well. Um, but I think our decor is looking good, and, you know, I'm looking forward to this season. Well, and for you, Ethan, you know, you were a great story last year because you had such an awesome camp. You played all 71 regular season games, and I know uh, we talked on Zoom earlier this week about, about some of your goals and how you're feeling. Um, did, like, do, you, do, you, do you feel like you're an established NHL player? And, and can you communicate to the audience uh, what that feels like? Because, like, I know you're working hard every day, but... Uh, does it feel a little different? Do you feel a little more confident than maybe you, you would have in the last couple of years? Um, yeah, I, I confident. I definitely feel a lot more confident. Um, but established, like I think that takes time. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a hard league and it's a very respected league. So I think you gotta get earn your stripes here. So um, you know, I'm just gonna keep trying to plug along and uh, do the best I can and improve myself in that way. But um, definitely feeling a lot more confident this season. And, uh, you know, Alex, obviously for you, you, you've had a couple of pretty good campaigns here with uh, with the Oilers. I know you, you feel pretty settled into the city and you like playing here. What sort of uh, an example or leadership do you hope to show to the younger guys, you know, whether it's Ethan Bear, Kaler, uh, Kyler Yamamoto, Caleb Jones, as, as they try to do what you've done and play several years in the NHL? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's, it's funny hearing uh, um, Ethan talk about, you know, confidence and trying to establish yourself. Uh, it feels like that was just a little bit ago for me, but, you know, I'm entering my ninth season in the NHL and you still feel that way. Uh, you still feel like, uh, you want to be there because this is a special league to play in. Uh, I think for myself, I just, <clears throat> I think I just try to bring my best every day um, because that's what I learned when I started. I would see older guys, how they carried themselves, uh, what they did. You're not always going to feel good. You just got to be the best that you can be that day. And if that's one thing I can teach the young guys is, is kind of that because, um, then you know that you can play and you can keep going and you can face adversity because we all all the players are going to face some in this league so uh, I think you know I, I feel comfortable in the locker room here uh, we've we have some great leaders I think our, our young core is taking a huge step um, leadership wise uh, and that takes time it doesn't happen overnight uh, but I, I think we're, we're we're a group that can kick that can do something special this year and uh, I want to be part of that. So uh, I think we're we're having a great camp here, and um, you know we're days away from starting our season. Alex, you've had a couple of very competitive scrimmages. They both went to overtime. I, I thought there was a pretty good pace to them, but you're not going to have a preseason game, an exhibition game against another NHL opponent. I'm wondering how how you weigh that. Is is that an you know is that a disadvantage that you don't get a couple of exhibition games in, or is it just like fine? Let's just get at it. We we don't need to play games that don't count in the standings. 
Right. I, I think, uh, I mean, it's the same for everyone. So everyone's starting at the same point. It's not like other teams are getting, um, you know, preseason games that we're not. So um, I, I thought that was one thing that's been good so far in, in training camp is guys have uh, a little bit more edged uh, to their game during practice and things like that. So we're trying to recreate a little bit more game-like situation. Um you know, preseason games are nice for, for your timing and things like that. But um, like I said, I think everyone's in the same boat. And our group has done a great job of, um, you know, practicing like we're playing and um, de- making good decisions and being crisp in our, our, our structure and things that, you know, we, we need to work at. So um, – Everyone's got a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth from what happened this summer, and now it's it's on us to start the season and uh, get things going the right way. Alex Chason and Ethan Bear joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Ethan, the Canadian division, the North Division, as it's formally going to be called, is a huge storyline, and I think a lot of Canadian fans are looking forward to it. A lot of fans in Alberta are looking forward to the Battle of Alberta. If you don't mind, um, tell me what you think of uh, of how intense it could get in the Battle of Alberta. And, and you you played a role in it because a few seconds before Mike Smith and Cam Talbot squared off, you were going at it with uh, with Matthew Kachuk. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be really exciting. Um, you know, obviously, I think all the games are going to be intense because I don't think. We like each other very much. Um, you know, every time we we go in a, to play Calgary, it's always a it's always a tight game, and and you always want to beat those guys. And you can tell they hate us, and we hate them. Um, so I, I don't think anything's going to change with that. Um, but I think it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun, and the All Canadian Division is going to be uh, it's going to be a good time. Alex, when you talk about rivalries and games that are likely going to get heated whether it's Calgary or somebody else because there will be back-to-backs against everybody and you're playing everybody at least nine times how do you balance the need to assert yourself and stand up for your for your teammates and yourself how do you balance that with controlling the emotion and maybe not doing the wrong thing at the wrong time that could hurt the team? Because I've, I've always found that's a bit of a fine line for hockey players. You want to be aggressive, uh, but you don't want to do something that's going to hurt your team either. Yeah, um, I mean, that just kind of goes with how the game is being played and things happen at the right time. And uh, sometimes they don't, and, you know, sometimes they do. So... Uh, that's kind of a, a hard one. I think uh, guys that have, have played in the league and all that, I think everyone realizes that, um, you know, special teams are key in this league. Um, you don't want to be, you know, chasing the game and all that. So, um, you know, I think everyone's aware that we're going to play some games are going to be like back-to-back and, you know, we're going to play Calgary 10 times. Um I think at some point, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we're playing the same team three nights in a row. So, you know, things are going to happen. Uh, but, you know, there there are a lot of points that are on the line for games. So uh, I think there's no need to be, uh, you know, short of men and, you know, kill, killing penalties for, you know, half a period. Then, you know, we're, we're not um, in any better position. See, Ethan, now I ask you that question and people are, are texting in asking me asking me to ask you if you're going to fight Kachuk again. Don't worry, I won't put you on the... 
the spot with 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 that one ethan tell me a little bit about um the impact of the coaching staff on you dave tippett came in and uh, obviously jim playfair as well tell us a little bit what it's uh, like maybe behind the scenes with those guys or, or in the video room with some of the coaches and and some of the influence they were able to have on you over the past year or so uh they've been great um you know right away when uh, i guess they're hired uh you know, when I first met them, they've been great. Um, Tip, you know, it's easy, he's an easy guy to talk to. Um, you know, he always jokes around with you. He keeps it light, but he knows when to keep it serious. And uh, same with Jimmy. Um, you know, Jimmy, uh, he's been really good to me. He's uh, He's been patient with me, letting me, let me grow into this league and, uh, you know, allowing me to make my plays and, and kind of be myself. Um, but at the same time, he, he knows when to be hard on me and he knows uh, – and he knows when to to keep it light, and um, you know he he knows how to really push my buttons and get me going, and that's what I like about Jimmy. And um, you know we have a, we built a really good relationship. So you know for myself, you know when you have a good relationship with your coaches like that, it just kind of makes you want to play for them a little bit a little bit harder, and um, you know gives you that confidence as a player, especially as a young player. Um, so I've been very uh, very grateful to have good coaches, and that goes for all of them, even Glenn Galton too. Um, Justin Schwartz. Um, there's been, uh, you know, the coaching staff here has been great for me coming in. So, uh, yeah, it's been great. All right, just a couple more for you guys, and thanks for heading heading on the show tonight, Alex Chason and Ethan Bear from the Edmonton Oilers uh, on the show. Okay, I'll start with uh, I'll start with Alex. We can have a little bit of fun here. What is uh, what is something that uh, fans should know about Ethan, either either as a player or uh, or behind the scenes? How how well have you gotten to know him over the past year or so? <laughs> um, he's got this <laughs> he's got this one crazy story about where he's from, but I can't go too much into details into that. But. <laughs> uh, no, he's a great. To be honest, like he's he's a he's a great kid. He's got a great work ethic. He loves the game. Um, you know, this kid's going to be a great player, and um, he's just it's it's nice. Like you're an older guy, and um, you come in the re- in, in the rink, and um, you see a you know a kid like that that you know it's just he just wants to play. You know, every day you go, and it's just a new game, and he's got so much so much adrenaline and. I think that stuff is contagious. So, uh, no, he's a, he's a great guy to be around. Well, Ethan, maybe I'll have to get that story from you off air someday when we're ever, <laughs> whenever we're allowed back in the dressing room. Uh, I mean, what, what, what can you say about Alex and what, what he brings? I, I would think as a defenseman, you know if you're taking a shot and he's on the ice, he's probably going to be standing right in front of the other team's goalie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He always is. He's always, uh, he's always in a great spot, but... Appreciate that, Chaser. Um, yeah, but uh, for Chaser, you know what? He he's uh, he's been great for me, obviously. Um, you know, he's been a great uh, a great role model for myself. Uh, he's always uh, working hard and he's always pushing the pace. And you know what? He's always uh, he's always been good to me. So um, and you know, obviously, he's a great player. He's been in this league for for many years now, and he knows uh, he knows how to. He knows how to work hard and, and how to work on the little things and little details. And, um, you know, I try I try to learn from him. You know, he's a good leader um, and, like, obviously a great player. And so I like playing with Chaser. You know, he's a really intense guy in practice. So you make sure you don't push his button too much because he could snap on you. But uh, all in all, he, he really competes, and that's, uh, that's something I, I look 
I look up to as well. All right. I'm going to close with one more, guys, here, and I'll, I'll kind of uh, close with a, a, a bit of a, a softer question here. Um, Alex, I'll, I'll, I'll let you answer first as, uh, as, as the, veteran, the more veteran guy on the call. Is there anybody, you know, maybe it's a, a family member, a, a loved one, a, a coach you had when a kid. Like, is there anybody that, that still inspires you when even now when you get ready for an NHL game or, or if you're having a tough time, you think, you know what, I, I got to pull through this because this person or these people, I know they're still pulling for me and I know they help me get to where I am. Do you have those those people that still impact you that way, Alex? Yeah, I mean, it's easy for me to, you know, you know, I think uh, my mom and dad and it's probably, you know, the, the easy answer for everyone. But, you know, if you, you really think about it, um, you know, I'm a young kid from, from Quebec City. My parents, uh, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to go to play in the States. And, I, you know, I went to prep school, played in the USHL college and all that. Um, so obviously I, I moved quite a bit uh, throughout my young career and obviously in, during my uh, pro career as well. So uh, I don't know if, if I, I, I think of them before the game. I, I think uh, I, I'm just thankful for the opportunity that they gave me uh, to have a chance to play this game, and I appreciate that. But um, I don't know. I think Ethan kind of said it. Uh, if, if, I'm, if the wires kind of go sideways a little bit for me like things go on so <laughs> I I think I'm more of a, a guy I, I don't need too much to get going so um I think I, I'll leave it at that and what about for you Ethan who are some special people you, you look back on uh, that still inspire you to play in the NHL um uh, yeah like obviously my mom and dad for sure um you know they they sacrificed a lot for me a lot of their time uh, for me, as I was growing up, to to basically get the opportunity to play hockey, and then um, then my grandparents. Um, I have two grandmas who who passed, so um, and they really cheered me on as I, you know, as I went uh, through my young years and you now moving away from home at a young age as well. Um, I still keep them in the back of my mind, but yeah, like like Chase just said, like when when you get ready for a game, you. You don't usually think about that stuff too much. Um, you kind of just dialed in and and um, preparing yourself mentally. But uh, definitely, when the time gets tough, like you, you think back to them. Awesome answers, guys. Thanks for taking time for me. Like I said, I know it's been a busy week and, and you've done some other media, so thanks for making time to come live on Inside Sports. Of course, I'll be uh, seeing you at the rink from afar, but uh, nonetheless, all the best this season, and thank you so much. Thank you. No problem. That is Alex Chason and Ethan Bear from your Edmonton Oilers live on Inside Sports on 630. Cool. Alex Chase on and Ethan Bear together on the show as we get you rolling on a Friday night here on Inside Sports. Couple of texts to 780-496-0063. Don't forget that's also the number to call in. Uh, this texter says that he 
sat behind Ethan Bear's parents in Los Angeles last year. Says they were great people. That's pretty cool. And Vic, who is a loyal listener and texter, Vic, hope you're doing well. He says, I've always regarded Alex Chason as a quiet asset on this team. He is solid, consistent, never too high or too low. I wish him the best this year. Yeah, Chason's been a pretty good addition to the Oilers. He's been able to score a little bit. I think he does some good work down low. And I think for the last couple of years, he's been the best Oiler when it comes to uh, screening the opposing goaltender. Definitely willing to get right in the other goaltender's face. We'll talk a little bit about what happened today at the scrimmage. Some other news and notes from Oilers camp in the next half hour of the show. of Edward Van Halen coming back from break here on Inside Sports. The Big L writes in tonight. A little more serious tone than usual from the Big L. He says, hey, Reid, as usual, great interviews, but on behalf of longtime fans like myself, I believe it's fair to state that we've heard these preseason comments before. The core group looks good. Practice like they're playing. Plenty to be encouraged with the newcomers, prospects, and draft picks. Big L goes on to say, I'm certain Ken Holland has improved the team and the coaching staff is solid, but it's unfortunate training camp can't reveal the season-long compete level in this group. 56 games, so they have to hit the ground running hard and keep running towards some kind of success. That is from the Big L. All right. Well, I think we got a couple questions and answers that uh, weren't necessarily along the same lines as everyday things you hear during training camp. But uh, it's fair feedback, and you're, and you're right. In training camp, generally, everybody looks good. I, I do say this. Uh, I, I think from what I've seen in the drills and the scrimmages, there there is more skill on this team, especially up front, than they've had in the past. And uh, as I've said several times about Tyson Berry, the Oilers haven't had a player like him on the back end in, in quite a while. And I think if he performs to the level we've seen in his earlier NHL seasons, and that's also what you're looking for too, they bring in players and if they're already an established player and if they don't look that they've like they've turned into a complete klutzy giraffe overnight then you say like okay he looks more or less like the guy we've seen over the last five or six years some of the newer newer players i get it and as, I, as and i've said many times about yesi pulley i'm encouraged but i'll believe it when i see it in a game because he's never done it in an nhl game you know kyle turris we've seen what he can do in the nhl and he and he got a goal today so there might be cases where you say, okay, a guy is maybe having an average camp, but I think we know what he's going to do in the regular season. But fair comment, if a guy's having a spectacular camp and he's never actually done it in, in National Hockey League games, I, I understand what you're saying. But I, but I do think this is a deeper Oilers team than we've seen in a long time. Now, I realize there are some comparisons to teams that finished in the bottom three in the league where certainly you should be deeper than that. But I think it's on paper, I think it's deeper than the team that wound up making the playoffs in 16-17. But also a big part of that year was what Cam Talbot did in net. He set a team record for wins. He was fourth in Vesna Trophy voting. Do the Oilers have a goaltender this year that can do what Talbot did that year? Probably not to that extent, but hopefully they can at least have the level of goaltending that they had last year. We'll start to find out on Wednesday night. 
some other things I want to touch on here before we keep going with the Oilers story. First of all, it is confirmed absolutely that the NHL can play games in all seven Canadian mar- markets. Manitoba has given the green light for the Jets to play at home during the pandemic. They were the final province to make a formal announcement. Six Dallas Stars players and two staff members positive for COVID-19. So this is going to push back the opening game for Dallas by nearly a week. They were supposed to open next Thursday at Florida. Now the expectation from the NHL is they're not going to start until January 19th at the earliest. There's a little tidbit I want to throw out to you here. When the NHL was, was talking about coming back initially, we're talking earlier in December, so about a month ago, we were hearing a lot of there's going to be a buffer in the schedule between the end of the regular season and the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. When they announced the schedule, they did not include that buffer. Now, I suppose that doesn't mean that they they still couldn't add one, but the belief was they were going to do that in case games got postponed because of COVID. So in Dallas's case, well, you missed the first two games of the year. So instead of shoehorning them in somewhere down the road, we're just going to say, okay, those get moved to May 2nd and May 3rd because we weren't going to schedule any games from May 1st to May 11th anyway, or whatever. So COVID hitting the NHL already. The uh, Columbus Blue Jackets holding a number of players off the ice out of what is being called an abundance of caution. So... We'll see what the, happens with that. The Blue Jackets simply saying their move was in accordance with NHL COVID-19 protocols. New Jersey goaltender Corey Crawford, now 36 years of age, taking an indefinite leave of absence because of undisclosed personal reasons. Signed a two-year contract with New Jersey. Uh, how long has Crawford been there? Well, he just went there because he played against uh, the Oilers in the playoffs. I got to be honest with you. I briefly got him confused with Corey Schneider. My bad. And Hall of Fame baseball manager Tommy Lasorda has passed away. 93 years of age. Suffered a heart attack at his home in California. Lasorda guided the Dodgers to two World Series titles, including 1988. When Kirk Gibson hit that dramatic home run to help the Dodgers win one of the games. Also, uh, some interesting news here. Curling Alberta canceling its three flagship provincial championships they were supposed to be held in sylvan lake starting on the 25th and running to february 5th however curling alberta says today that the uh, men's championship the women's championship and the alberta mixed doubles have been canceled now curling alberta will still be represented at the national championships they're going to be held in the hub of calgary beginning in february And I'll read this line straight from the press release. The status of Curling Alberta's plans to name those representatives will be announced as soon as possible pending a decision by the organization's board of directors. So in other words, Alberta will have teams in the Briar, in the Scotties, in the mixed doubles championships, but they're still going to decide how they pick those. And uh, Jill Richard, executive director with Curling Alberta, says the past 24 hours have kept us on our toes as we tried to find a responsible way to proceed safely with the provincial championships. However, after Premier Jason Kenney's announcement on Thursday, 
that the current restrictions will largely continue to apply. It became clear that it was no longer a realistic situation for our athletes, volunteers, officials, and ice technicians on whom the event relies. That's I'll read that straight from the press release as well. So a change for curling, but they're still going to try to do the Briar and the Scotties and the mixed double Canadian championships in the bubble in Calgary. Uh, Brian writes into the text line 7804960063 says I'm not a big Tyson Berry fan but if 39 points in 70 games is a bad year last year I'll take it I may have to get on the bandwagon fair enough Yakushev writes it oh Yakushev and the big L in the same evening wow this is this is uh, like finding a four leaf clover that's the best I could come up with. I don't know. Yakushev says, hello, Reed. A few thoughts about the Oilers. I believe Dreisaitl and McDavid will be able to rack up points easier this year than in other years. The North Division will be competitive, but those teams don't play the defensive games like some of the other divisions. There will be no long road trips to the East, and although there will be less travel for all of the teams, the elite players will benefit more. So if the Oilers' power play will be as dangerous as ever, the only wild card is goaltending. And if the goaltending is not as good, just release the offense even more. That is from Yakushev. It, it will be interesting to see about player fatigue and player usage. Because as Yakushev said, you might be on the road, and the Oilers' longest road trip is only five games, but you're, you're, you're going to be in the same city. So you're not going to be Dallas on Monday, Nashville on Tuesday, uh, Carolina on Thursday, Florida Sunday afternoon, Tampa Bay Monday night. You're going to be, you know, Montreal Monday, Wednesday, Ottawa Friday, or, or things like that. So maybe that will help the star players and help them play a little bit more. And again, if the Oilers are actually legitimately a deeper team, which is what we're hoping to see, then that could help as well. I, I mean, I, I remember, uh, you know, that's the, the, the late in the season in, in 2018. So... Or when was it now? All the years blend together. Late in the season in 2019. So Hitch is the head coach, and they're really going nowhere the last couple of months. They've called up a bunch of players from the minors. They've traded away some guys. And they're behind late in the third period in a lot of games. McDavid and Drysdale, Nugent Hopkins are playing four or five minutes out of the final 10 minutes in a game. Their minutes are getting up there 23, 24, 25 minutes a night. So you're going to get fatigued. So maybe if you're deeper, you don't need that. If you have the lead, those guys don't have to play as much in the third period. So we will see how this works for budgeting ice time and player fatigue as it goes throughout the seasons. Now, you can say the same things about the stars on the other teams for sure, uh, but the Oilers obviously lean pretty heavily on three guys to provide offense. 7804960063. Speaking of offense, Connor McDavid has a lot of it. He was uh, spectacular in both scrimmages. To nobody's surprise, he scored yesterday. He scored uh, twice more today. And his second goal was an absolute thing of beauty. I encourage you to go to the Oilers' website or to their Twitter account, and you can see the highlights. They've edited the game down to uh, about five or six minutes. So the puck gets uh, passed, not passed, just kind of cleared down the right wing through center, and it's drifting into the other team's end. McDavid races after it goes around the defenseman, gets the puck. Now he's almost down by the hash mark along the boards. He cuts in, wards off the defenseman, gets in front of the net, and flicks the puck perfectly up over Koskinen, hits right underneath the crossbar, and drops down. 
an absolute beauty of a goal. I'm sure we'll see a few like that during the regular season. And McDavid very conscious that he has to find multiple ways to attack the other team's net. I mean, you always got to be uh, thinking of different ways to, to produce offense. Um, you know, guys, you know, this is a, a, a smart man's league. You know, they're, they're, you're never going to beat a guy the same way twice. And, and, and if you are, you have to figure out a, a different way to, to start it off, I guess. So, um, you know, everyone's a good player. Um, you know, you got to be always kind of growing your own game and thinking of different ways. Um, so, yeah, I definitely, definitely worked on my shot. Um, you know, being able to spend some time around, around other, uh, around other players as well in Arizona was uh, was something I, I value a lot, and and uh, you can definitely learn from those guys as well. All right, and of course he was skating with Austin Matthews and a few others when he was in Arizona. So McDavid looking for different ways to score goals. I I I, I know I hear from a lot of you. Why doesn't he shoot more? Well, he often leads the team in shots on goal on any given night but uh you know sure there's sometimes you can look at it and say why did he pass up a shot he's also seeing passing lanes and can complete passes no one else can see but he's driven to score but again the big focus for the Oilers this season five on five play and goal prevention and McDavid emphasized that today when he spoke to the media you know offensively I think uh, I check off most of the boxes there um defensively is where it's at um you know it's the little things it's the Stopping on pucks, it's winning battles, um, towning pucks on the forecheck, um, you know, getting involved in, in, in battles and, and uh, winning faceoffs. Um, you know, I've liked, uh, you know, the last couple scrimmages besides Turi and his foot move, uh, <laughs> um, you know, where my faceoffs have been. Um, can't seem to figure him out, but you know, I've liked where I've been at there. Um, you know, so just bearing down and, and, and rounding out the game. Um, you know, the speed's always going to be there. Um, you know, the, the offensive instincts um, you know, are, are going to be there. I think it's just, um, you know, rounding out that game and, and uh, you know, being solid all over the ice. Okay. I, I remember that, that McDavid said that, and I, I'm not saying this to, to harp on him because he's an excellent player, but he wants to improve. And, and right there, he's giving us the parameters for improvement. And I think with McDavid specifically, if there's one thing we'd like to see him get better at, it's what he said about stopping on the pucks because there have been goals against we've seen over the years where McDavid is back checking. He's getting to the right place. He's in the right place. And then he does what we call a flyby. He swoops by the guy he's checking. He doesn't stay on top of him. And that allows a passing lane or a skating lane to open up and a scoring chance against the Edmonton Oilers. So, you know, I think for McDavid, if he focuses on that and because he I think he gets to the right place in the defensive zone, but then you have to occupy that ice. And that's what he's talking about. Stopping on pucks. Don't skate by a scrum and fish for the puck with one hand thinking you're going to get a breakaway the other way if you dig it out because it doesn't happen often enough in the NHL. So watch if McDavid actually executes that in the defensive end this year. Stopping on pucks. That's going to be huge for him. And I, I would think when he does that, that there's still a pretty good chance he's going to get the puck. And even if he's starting from a standstill, he's still going to be faster than most players going the other way. I, I realize, I think, that sometimes he might have that mentality that if I can just swoop and get the puck out all in one motion, I'm gone. But I think he's fast enough that he gets back, stops on the puck, battles for it, and gets it. He can still pull away from most guys trying to check him. So let that's you know, all, all the players coming in have little goals. They all have little ways they want to improve. 
They, uh, like Baron Chason said, they got a bad taste in their mouth from losing to Chicago in the summer. I think they know they were out-checked. I think they know they didn't take care of some of those little details. McDavid certainly knows it. He's been asked a lot about the team's defensive play and his own defensive play. Uh, I certainly think Tippett and Holland are, are realizing what makes a successful team here. So let's see if McDavid can actually execute that. Because if he does, he's going to get the puck more. And even if he has the puck more in the defensive end, he's still dangerous because he can get down to the other end of the ice faster than anybody in the league. So just remember that clip here as we move along. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. We're back after the break. Okay, so the Oilers, two practice sessions tomorrow. They will go on the ice from 10 to 11 and uh, then also from noon to 1. It's Saturday, so no inside sports tomorrow, but I'll keep you updated on Twitter and you can go to globalnews.ca, 630shed.com for the latest. I'll put something on the web as we go throughout the day. Football tomorrow and Sunday, triple headers for the NFL playoffs. So later on tonight, Kellen, are you ready to do predictions? Oh, it's that time of year. We've got to get it done. Okay, we'll give you now. We'll do it at the end of the show, just before 8, so people have something to look forward to. Right on. Because the people spend most of their weeks thinking, I wonder what Reed's going to predict for the uh, football playoffs. So we'll do the predictions like in the last five minutes of the show. So, Kellen, i got to ask you, winning team and final score. Okay. Okay, winning team and final score. That's how, that's how I'm going to do more. My guarantee okay. to be correct, NFL playoff predictions. I have never been wrong except for the dozens of times I've been wrong. What's the only one I got? The only time I got the score right. Was the Super Bowl a few the, years the ago, New England-Seattle Super Bowl. I yeah. said New England 28-24. Even though I cheer for the Seahawks, I picked the Patriots, and they were right on the uh, the, the interception at the end of the game where uh, Russell Wilson got intercepted at the end of the game. I, I'll tease this. I do think the Seahawks will beat the Rams tomorrow, but I think it'll be a close game because almost every Seahawks game is a close game, it seems like, no matter what. So we'll do that later on in the show. And uh, plenty to get to in the second hour of the show. Darrell Walker is going to be on the show, outstanding receiver. He's coming back to the green and gold. And Brandon Zilstra is on the show, former member of the Double E football team, now three years in the NFL, one with Minnesota, two with the Carolina Panthers, got his first NFL touchdown against the Washington football team just after Christmas. You haven't visited with him for a while, so it'll be pretty cool to have Brandon Zilstra on the show, and we'll keep talking about the NHL and the Oilers, which is where I want to get to here. The Oilers' special teams combined last year were, were incredible. The power play was number one in the league. The penalty kill after being... Uh, deplorable i don't know if that's proper use of deplorable despicable they were really bad that's what i'm trying to say after having a really bad penalty kill unit the previous two years completely reformed last year and they were second in the nhl dave tippett commented on the pk units it's still really early we're gonna uh, we're gonna look at a lot of special team stuff tomorrow but still really early but uh you got you got uh Nuge and JJ and Archie were obviously uh, regulars last year. I think tourists will take a part of it. We've got some other players. Yamamoto was killed there a little bit. So uh, there is some other players we might push in there and get some get some reps tomorrow, but we'll see where it all, all uh, comes out. All right, so we'll see more special teams work tomorrow. 
They uh, obviously had a few power plays in the scrimmages over the past few days. Now, McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins were all on the same team. And Barry, yesterday the power play that went out was the big three, Barry and Kyler Yamamoto. Chason was on the other team. Uh, today, Chason was on the same team as those guys, so he went out in Yamamoto's place. They didn't score a power play goal. The well, no, they did today. Sorry, McDavid got a power play goal today. Barry took the shot from the line, and the rebound bounced over to McDavid, who put it in. Joachim Nygaard scored yesterday just after a power play expired for uh, for his team. He's going to be interesting to watch as as well. He's had some good moments in the scrimmages over the last couple of days. So that's what we're looking for for tomorrow as the Oilers. Uh, Resume training camp. Uh, Kevin says, I'd rather if you went back to the animal sounds at the end of the show, that warmed the cockles of my heart. Well, we haven't done name the animal. We'll do name the animal next week because mm-hmm. we got to give Kellen time to plan for it. Yeah, we did name the animal the week we were talking about the uh, potential of the football team being called the elk or the elks. So we played elk noises and then Kellen played other animal sounds to quiz me. I believe we had a fox. We had a cougar. A raven. A raven. Did we have a cougar? Yeah, we had a cougar. Yeah, we had we a had fox, a cougar. raven, cougar. There was the other one that I guessed. There was one I guessed right away. I can't The remember. walrus. Yeah, the walrus. Cougar I knew. Kachu. I knew the walrus because I had a pet walrus growing up in Evansburg. I had a walrus that lived in our pond. Wally the walrus. Yeah, well, Walter. Walter. We use the formal name. <laughs> and uh, again, bonus points to Kevin for using the word cockles in a text. He's aiming for another canned ham, this Kevin. Well, tuss, Darrell tuss. Walker. Darrell Walker is back, and he's back on Inside Sports in the next half hour. Remember, get your Oilers fix, not just on this show and on Bob's show, but on the website, globalnews.ca, 630shed.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.